1: Welcome to Florida Matters More, the podcast for Florida Matters, WUSF public media show about the issues and events that Floridians care about. Coming up on today's podcast, a discussion of the booming craft beer industry in Tampa Bay and some beer tasting. I'm Robin Sussingham, host of Florida Matters. You can hear Florida Matters Tuesday evenings at 630 and Sunday mornings at 730 on WUSF 89.7 or streaming on WUSFnews.org. Support for Florida Matters more comes from the National Foundation for Transplants. Right now, hundreds of Tampa residents need an organ transplant. They cannot Afford. Join National Foundation for Transplants, an organization providing financial relief to transplant patients for more than 35 years. Visit transplants.org to learn more. Tampa Bay is a craft beer hub And here to discuss craft beer with us Is Neil Callahan, brand ambassador for Cigar City Brewing We've got Danny Dom She's the co-owner of Mastery's Brewery in St. Pete Beach And Sean Nordquist, executive director of the Florida Brewers Guild And Stephanie Columbini, Florida Matters producer Just came in here because she wants to try some of this beer too Hi Stephanie Hi Hi everybody Hello. Hello Okay, so what I would like to do with all of you is give us kind of a Craft Beer 101 of the different types of beer and their differences. But first, Neil um, Callahan brought in some different things for us to taste from Cigar City Brewing. I'm holding a Cucumber Saison.
2: Correct, Cucumber Saison.
1: And this is a says it's a farmhouse ale with natural flavors added. So we're gonna crack these open right now and see what we think. Has everybody got the same thing here? Mm-hmm. We're all okay.
2: drinking the same thing.
1: Cheers. 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 Ooh.
2: I always t- try to show up with beer and make a lot more friends doing you that. You make so <laughs> many
1: friends like that, Neil? Okay. I'm like not going to drink too much of it because I've got to get to the end of this podcast but, oh, okay. um, I'll help you out.
2: <laughs> so I was telling Sean, um, Sean's been around the brewery for years and years. So he's seen this beer grow from um, 2012 was the first year we, we brewed this beer. Um, we did. It, we had brewed it draft only for quite a while. Then we moved it over to 22 ounce bottles, and this is the first time we're ever putting it in 12 ounce
3: cans. So that's why when Sean saw it, his eyes kind of lit up. Went, "Whoa, really? I, okay. I it's lo- delicious." I've, yeah, I have loved this beer since since the first time it came out. Um, in fact, I think the first time I had it was probably at, at Hunapu's Day um, in 2012, which is the big festival that Cigar City does every year. <clears throat> and somebody brought me just a a little sample of it didn't tell me what it was, and I just I had I probably had the same reaction then. My eyes lit it, because because it's so light and refreshing, and has that that cucumber flavor to it, a which background. I really liked. Yeah. Um, and it's not overpowering. It's uh, and so I've I've been a big fan of this beer for uh, forever, and I didn't realize that it was going to be in cans. So I'm really excited now.
1: <laughs> so where can people pick this up? This is this uh, from Cigar City Brewing.
3: The Cucumber on that's exclusive to our tap room that's
2: over on Spruce Street in Tampa. Um, That's a beer that we might look into distributing around the Tampa Bay area at some point, but for right now, this is exclusive to the Cigar City Brewery on Spruce Street.
1: Okay, so Cigar City is distributing nationally now, aren't you?
2: 22 states, correct.
1: Okay, wow. Okay, so this is delicious, Um, and this says it's a farmhouse ale. Is that a type of beer, like an IPA or something? Is farmhouse one of the types?
2: Sure, It's the word Saison is really the style uh, designation on this one. So Saison, it's a beer that originated in Belgium. Um, Originally, obviously the word saison means season in French. So originally this was a beer that was brewed um, in the spring, usually fermented over the summer when there were warmer temperatures and then served to Belgian farmhands during the harvest in the fall. So it was meant to be a effervescent, refreshing beer. Sometimes it can end up being a little higher on the ABV. You'll see six, seven, eight percent saison sometimes. With this one, we went on the lower end. So 4.2% on this one. Um, For the style itself, the Saison, you expect a little bit of bitterness. You're also going to get a little bit of like a cracked black pepper um, phenolic quality. So just a little bit of uh, spice to it. You also expect some herbaceous quality. uh, Lemongrass, rather, fresh cut grass. Again, think earthy, herbal, light, effervescent, refreshing. And then in this beer, we're adding a cucumber essence. So it's essentially a distillate of cucumber. Um, It's 100% natural. It's nothing... uh, fake or artificial that's in any of our beers. Um, in the past, it's been a little bit more cucumber forward. So it was a very polarizing beer for quite a while. If you liked <laughs> cucumber, people lost their minds over it. If you weren't such a cucumber fan, it, was, uh, it wasn't it was the beer for you. Now we've kind of scaled the amount of cucumber back just a bit. I feel like that black pepper, that spiciness kind of comes through the mm-hmm. beer a lot more, <clears throat> really in a complimentary way to the cucumber in the beer.
1: Is this available all year round or do you have summer summer beers? or and- all we, beers. We're all over the
2: map. We have some beers like the High IPA that are available all year round, 365 days a year. We have some beers that are available seasonal. So maybe three months out of the year, you'll be able to get something like um, Cubano Espresso Brown Ale. We have some beers that are available just for one day. Sean mentioned uh, Hunapu's, which is a big imperial stout that's only available one day a year. This one sort of falls in the, we're brewing it every now and then to see how the market reacts to it.
1: Okay. So Danny, um, Neil is brand ambassador, so I think he's very, very good at describing beer, isn't he? <laughs> he
4: sure but is. what about your most popular? Tell us a couple of your most popular kinds of beer and describe those. Sure. Well, I've got a Saison on my mind. Uh, we have a beach house Saison, and that's in distribution um, to some select places across uh, Pinellas County. But that is um, more of a traditional style Saison, so stone fruity. Um, I, I find it's a gateway for a lot of wine drinkers, we'll try it because it's It's not overly hoppy. Um, You know, it's really refreshing, and it's something we have on top. It's one of our flagship beers, so we try to have it on all the time. That is great
1: advice right there because a lot of my friends that are wine drinkers that might go to a craft beer uh, place and want to try something, this could be a Saison, and it's spelled S-A-I-S-O-N.
4: That could Mm -hmm. be a good thing to try then. Mm -hmm. So what does yours taste like? So, like I said, um, stone fruit, Very, it's just um, effervescent, um, light. It's a uh, medium color, though. So a lot of times, like we said earlier, um, the color can be deceiving. So don't go just on color when you're choosing a beer or be scared if you get a taste and it's more of a golden color. Um, so ours is grapey, um, but not um, sweet necessarily. But it's just very smooth.
1: Um, Sean Nordquist, what do you what do you want to describe? What do you suggest for these hot summer months?
3: Um, you know, for me, uh, you know, I have been involved in beer for a really long time. Um, and and I think most people go through an evolution of the styles they like. Uh, you know, I started off uh really being drawn to the stouts and, and porters. I liked the darker uh, the maltier side of things, a little bit sweeter. I think
1: of those as thicker. kind of. Well, is that like Guinness? Would yeah, Guinness Like be- like
3: Guinness? W- w- would be. In, and now Guinness is a uh, uh, you know th- that's that dry Irish stout that's um, that's they use nitrogen with it. So that's what it gives it that real sort of creamy mouthfeel oh. and that and real mm-hmm. thick head on it, um, which you'll actually find a lot of uh, craft breweries doing now using nitrogen. Uh, so they'll take some of their Uh, their porters and stouts, and sometimes even their IPAs and other ones, uh, and using nitrogen. And it gives it a really smooth, soft mouthfeel to it, which is nice. Um, People also, you know, I moved in for a while into the the hoppy field, where I was a big hop head for so IPAs, double IPAs, things, you know, the more hops, the better. Um, Sours, which are really, you know, some can be really interesting, uh, you know, everything from Really funky and strange, and you think there might be something wrong with this, (laughs) to the point of just being really tart um, and really, uh, you know, really sort of puckering. Um, I find myself now coming back to some more traditional things like um, like an English bitter or a mild or a brown ale. That's um, just it's just a really almost like a comfort food, like almost like a comfort beer. Uh, You know, it's you know moderate alcohol, you know, four to five percent maybe 6%. Um, you know, it's it's, uh, it's really smooth. It's not, it's really well balanced. Um, but, you know, I, I'm a, I still, I think I'm probably still a hop head at heart. So I like the American pale ales. Um, you know, I like the IPAs, uh, you know, out on the beach. I'm going to go with probably a, an American pale ales, a little bit lower in alcohol. I can have a few more of them when I'm on the beach or on a boat.
1: Well, what has to be in beer to make, to make it beer? Hops? Hops. What-
3: Barley, water, and yeasts are the four. They
1: have to be; those things have to be the, in there, and then you can play with that.
3: And you can do, and well, and hops. You know, hops are actually probably a little bit. Uh, you know, I mean, I would say the vast majority of beer are going to have hops. There, there are some beers that are made uh, without hops. Um, they use other things as a uh, as a bittering agent or as a balance. Um, you won't find very Is many. Is hops of those,
1: what don't. makes it bitter?
3: Uh, it, it's part of it. There's also the, the kind of bitter you can get from some some roasted malts will give a, a bitter like a like the the bitterness of of coffee or or dark chocolate you can also get from the malt.
1: So what else would you guys advise for someone who is used to uh, Budweiser something that seems kind of um, I won't say bland but it's easy you know easy to drink um, it's not gonna be too bitter or too sour. Um, what's a good entry level? Uh, craft beer for somebody like
3: me. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think the thing to do is is find the brewery that's closest to your house and go there. We talked ask about them. It. We, yeah, mm-hmm. we talked about it earlier. Go ask, say you know, hey, I'm normally a, a a bud drinker or a Miller drinker or whatever, and I'd like to try something craft beer, but you know what I've had is, you know, it's, it's been too much. It's too strong. It's too um, You are more than going to be more than uh, welcomed into that group. Saying we've got. Here, try this. And it's probably going to be a golden ale, a lager, um, a pilsner, something like that to start with. Okay. And then and then that's going to open doors to, to more and more styles. And the, the beer that Cigar
2: City usually uses to kind of open that door for the non-craft drinker, it's just called lager. It's called Cigar City Lager. It's a German-style lager, all German ingredients with the exception of the water, which is obviously from Tampa. Light, crisp, easy drinking. Compared to a Budweiser, it is going to be even a little bit lighter in body. Budweiser is using corn. It's using some rice as well, um, which sometimes to me, I always think corn kind of coats the tongue a little bit, where you're not going to get that with lager. Um, But it's not an overly bitter beer. It's moderate ABV, 4.5%. So it puts it in that same ballpark as your regular Budweiser or your Miller. Um, It's not a beer we designed specifically for the light beer drinker, but it's a beer that I always put in front of a light beer drinker, and usually I'll get a Okay, yeah, I, I can drink that. I can get into that. Um, and again, you're interfacing with a, a product that was brewed in Tampa, and you're interfacing with a product that um, it's it's got more thought, it's got more soul behind it than drinking a Budweiser that you can drink anywhere in the world.
1: All right, you're brewing it here, but where are you getting your ingredients? Are your hops coming from all the way across the country or from across the world, and how hard is it to ship? Are they fragile uh, ingredients?
2: Essentially, you're processing most uh, most breweries in the country, even in the Pacific Northwest, which is closer to a hop growing region, are using pelletized hops. So essentially, you're breaking the hop down, forcing it through a die, and it kind of looks like little rat pieces of rabbit food. So it's making it more stable. It's maintaining more of the essential oils, and it's not introducing as much vegetation. It's not um, literally taking up as much space in the kettle as the pellets are, or the whole cone flowers are taking up more space in that kettle than the pellets would be. Um, So for the most part, you're not going to see brewers in Florida using fresh hops or wet hops, whereas in certain other parts of the world, like on the West Coast, for instance, they'll do wet hop beers. So that means that within 24 hours, they're pulling those hop cones off of the vine, sending it to the brewer, and within 24 hours, those hops are in a beer. For us in Florida, we're typically using hops that are A few months old. Best case scenario would be a few months old. They've been
1: kind of dried out or dehydrated?
2: Dried out. They're put in um, vacuum-sealed bags. They're stored cold. So we're doing everything we can to maintain the freshness of Mm -hmm. those hops. So
1: um, we heard on Florida Matters a piece by Roberto Roldan about Florida hops. So we might be able to use Florida hops at some point. Do you think someday it might might happen?
3: Yeah, and I think one of the things about that is – it's exciting to be able to, to have that there. So I think once we get to a point where they can produce the kind of volume and consistency um, that the, the breweries would need to get them on a regular basis, you'll start seeing more of it. Right now, it's going to be a um, uh, you know spe- you know a special brew, a you know a special kind of run um, because you need a lot of hops to make uh, to make beer, uh, and if you want to do something. Um, with the right now with with Florida hops, it's going to have to be a a, a smaller special uh, kind of batch. Stephanie,
1: we, what kind of beer do you like?
0: I'm a hop head. I love the IPAs, the APAs. Um, partially started as like a college kid that wanted to get the bang for your buck because you can you know pay the same price and get something that's like seven percent alcohol. But I also just <laughs> lo- love the the hoppy taste um, and the floral taste. Um, so if I'm at a concert or something, I would pick up hi um on tap or whatever. Um, I can appreciate, like, a coffee stout or something like that, but this, the darker beers are a little too heavy for me, so I usually go with the ales. What's a hoppy taste? It's, like, bitter, I guess, and, and kind of floral, so I— I I love it, but I have a lot of friends who take one sip of an IPA and they just, like, make this face and they're like, oh, my God, I can't. It's face. too harsh. Yeah. Yeah. That's,
2: <laughs> that, that's probably the easiest analogy is to say that hoppy means bitter. But that's not always the case. High IPA, which is our – that's our flagship, for instance – I think of it as a very hoppy beer, but it's not a bitter beer. So sometimes those, those two are not always synonymous. Hops can also mean bright tangerine, grapefruit, clementine flavor. Mm-hmm. They can mean – there's new experimental hops. There's one called lemon drop that literally tastes like lemon so, drops. So something
1: acidic, it sounds like. Mm. When you talk about those it's citrusy flavors, I know. Yeah. Well, we just have to drink more beer. Right. It's, <laughs> it's,
3: it's also, <laughs> Do we port- want to try some highlight?
1: Do you have that?
3: Yes.
2: yes. Oh, my gosh. I came, I came
1: prepared.
3: <laughs> so one of the things to remember, too, though, is that um, to, to talk about something being hoppy uh, is you really can't say, you know well, what does hoppy taste like? Because at this point, I don't even know how many different varieties of hops there are. Um, it, I mean, is it over 100 now, different varieties? Thousands. Oh, no, because now, okay, thousands. Of, of So, and you have everything from things that are very um you know, for lack of a better term, dank and resiny and and there's some that, you know, that taste and smell like marijuana. There's some that that taste and smell like grapefruit. So you have this wide range of of you know of aromatics and flavors and bitterness that um you know to say, oh yeah, well well this one's really hoppy, that in and of itself doesn't necessarily describe what it is you're actually tasting. All right, Be- but-
1: but this one, but this okay, one we're going to open this. This, yeah. this, this, is a this ho- one's Hi-Li. hoppy. <laughs> okay, this is, this is hoppy. So we're going to get an idea of what sure. hoppy tastes like. Yum. So
2: Sean, Sean <laughs> was mentioning earlier, IPAs are the biggest category in craft beer by Heads and Shoulders. What sets High apart and why I think High found so much success in the IPA category is that it's not an overly bitter IPA. You're going to get this little bit of orange peel, tangerine, clementine quality. You're going to get a little bit of caramel. It's coming from the malt that we're using. Just a touch of bitterness. The bitterness is in there to provide balance. It's not supposed to beat you over the head with the bitterness.
1: But it's there. So it's like the pith of the of the tangerine <clears throat> peel or the yes, lemon sure. peel, and people yeah. love it. Stephanie is loving it. <laughs> yeah. I am going back to the cucumber saison immediately. I mean, that is this. The saison is so much more. For me, sure,
2: sure, and that's the. This f- is
1: bitter for me. This this highlight, and I know this is super popular. It, it, well, it is super it's
2: popular the, right now. Highlight IPA. Mm-hmm. Highlight IPA is the number one selling craft six pack can in grocery stores in the country. What? Wow. And, and we're only in twenty two states.
1: That's amazing. What really? Absolutely. Okay, we're going to have to fact check that. <laughs> sure. <but. Yeah. laughs> oh, you can. It's
2: so you know, I, I don't know if we need to include this in the podcast, but it's all included. If, <laughs> if you're you, you need to be specific. Craft six-pack can. So if it's if it's wow. a six-pack in glass, bottle, that then right. we're talking about a different mm-hmm. category. If we're talking about um, a 12-pack can, different category. But craft six-pack can in the entire country all through, essentially, IRIs is a, a data collection group that just, if you scan a barcode, grocery stores, Total Wine, mm-hmm. um, ABC, those pl- those kinds of places report through IRI. So this is the number one Selling craft six-pack can in the entire country.
1: Muzzle tub.
2: Thank you. We're trying. <laughs> Cheers.
0: So Cheers. You brought up Goose Island. Is that still considered a craft beer? Right, because it's owned by InBev own- or yeah. anheuser Yeah. yeah.
2: Correct. And and again, yeah. go. I think most of us defer to the Brewers Association definition, <clears throat> which is small, independent, and traditional.
1: Mm-hmm. So it's owned by InBev, but 20% of it is still brewed? They're, they're 100% they
2: are, they're owned are, they're, by, by yeah. Budweiser.
1: Okay, so that's not craft it's beer. It started Correct. as craft beer in chi- okay. Chicago, I Chicago. believe, yeah. and then they
0: were bought. So now yeah. that's, I think, something you're seeing nationally, like where you're wondering, is the IPA and the craft beer I'm buying at, you know, the stadium, is it actually craft beer or is it someone like MBEV selling?
3: And, and
1: does it matter if it tastes the same? But does it taste uh, that, the same? Well, <laughs> that, that becomes
3: a really interesting conversation. Yeah. Okay, um,
1: Sean, go ahead, have it. So
3: this this is a conversation that, that comes up um, on a pretty regular basis and you will get probably as um, as many answers uh, as people you ask. Uh, does it matter if your beer is craft or independent? Does it matter who makes your beer, as long as it tastes good? I you know I think that you know for some people that the answer is simple. No, I like what I like. You know, and which is why you know I think you know you can see Budweiser sells you know you know a gajillion you know gallons of beer every year. For some people, the fact that Anheuser Busch and others actively work to, uh, you know, to undermine some of the small breweries and and, and push them out um, makes them anathema. So anything having to do with Anheuser-Busch, they won't, they, you know, it, it, they're not part of the family anymore. Um, where it gets really sticky is where a brewery that, that like a craft brewery that has grown up with everybody else, uh, and you know the owners, you know the people that work there, you know the guy that makes the beer. Uh, they get to a point where they need to make a decision, and somebody comes in and offers them, you know, a lot of money, you know, with lots of zeros behind it, uh, to to buy it either in part or outright, and and then they decide to say yes. Uh, there are people that now say, you know what, you sold out, get out of my house. I don't ever want to see you again. I can't believe I ever gave you any of my money, um, and I'll never drink your beer again. And anything I have in my fridge right now, I'm pouring out. Um, and and we've seen it. I mean, it happened. Uh, you know, a couple of years ago, there was a couple of breweries that were that were acquired a couple of years ago that were very very popular in the craft community uh, nationwide, and they sold it to to AB InBev, and were almost overnight pariahs in, in much of the community. Which is, you know, part of me I, I I get it, but I also you know these are these are people. You know, they we, have to we,
1: retire. Yeah, I mean, yeah.
3: Well, <laughs> they they have, and then some. I mean, you know, they you know, these are people that that um that worked very very hard to get to a position where they were even on on AB's radar, let alone worthy of of um. Were
1: these in buying. Florida? Who was this?
3: this no, this was uh, Wicked Weed. Uh, they're up in North Carolina, mm-hmm. and uh, they were they were extremely popular, and uh, in, and in the, especially the, the craft beer nerds. Uh, around the country loved them. Mm-hmm. And this sort sort of came out of nowhere, and they were acquired, and people lost their minds. Um, they got you know, there were people that felt you know personally betrayed because they um they you know had decided because they've spent a lot of money on on wicked weed beers. and um they felt like all this money I gave you for the stuff that you know that you were making. You just turn around and sold out to somebody who's trying to kill the industry. The bad you know, guys. Yeah. You know, so that and that's the response you get from from a lot of people. Then then when when Cigar City made, you know had made their merger and and went with you know, Fireman's Capital, there were some people that were upset about that. Even though this I mean this is not the same thing at all. It's not Anheuser Busch buying, but they went with a you know venture capital firm and they partner with a number of number of other breweries. For some people, even that is too far. Um, it's not you know, pure. It's not it's not pure anymore. And you know there there is a bit of tribalism <laughs> that goes on uh, in this, and and that's where people start making comments that well you know the craft beer community it's you know doesn't exist anymore we're not a community now we're just you know uh, you know it's it's just tribes it's and and I think that there are a few vocal but they're very much in the minority who unless you are you know, in the original location that you built with your own hands and it's the same people there and the same owners. And I don't care if you're making any money or not. That's, you know, that's the only way that I'm going to drink your beer. You're going to have those. But I think it's important to remember that behind it all, you know, these are people, these are people that have grown up with us in the community and, you know, you're, you are absolutely within your right to spend your money however you want. But I think it's important also to remember that, you know, that, uh, you know that you know, where where your beer comes from i think it is important for me i i make sure to buy my beer from breweries where i know the owners
1: so yeah. it's not so much the taste for you it is partly well oh, the taste is
3: absolutely but if morality. i don't, if, if you're not making good beer i'm not going to buy your beer well <laughs> i guess so going think,
1: back to my original question did wicked weed did the taint does the do the taste change at all i mean when when they sell to the bigger corporations um, and now they're in bigger distribution and a, a hot, bigger capacity, and everything has grown. Can they keep that same? Are they keeping the same? I think taste? in the case of
3: Wicked Weed, it remains to be seen. Okay. Um, I think, you know, and, and I'm not going to speak ill about anybody. I think that th- there are those that would argue that when Goose Island was acquired by AB Bev, their beard is. And now this was this was several years ago. Now, so now I think we've seen that uh, there are. I have heard um, the argument that their beard is not as good as it was. I, I can't speak from personal experience, but, um, but I, I, ha- I have heard that.
1: Well, people just don't have as fun of an experience drinking it, too. It's psychological. It's right. psychological. Sure. Right? Sean Nordquist, Executive Director of the Florida Brewers Guild. Neil Callahan, Brand Ambassador for Zigar City Brewing. And Danny Dom, Co-owner of Mastery's Brewery in St. Pete Beach. And Stephanie Colombini, Florida Matters producer. Thank you all for being here.
3: Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks
1: for having us. Thank you for joining us. And listen to Florida Matters on the radio, Tuesdays at 6.30 p.m. and Sunday mornings at 7.30 on WUSF 89.7. You can always find it online at WUSFnews.org. I'm Robin Sessingham. Come back next week for another episode of Florida Matters More and subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher.